Hello. Is this the episode you're waiting for? It's worth your while. Because now we're going to do our award show. Because this episode, we're talking movies. We're talking that. How'd you like that movie? Second annual year-end award show. There's no fucking quotes for this one. Except there's not enough time in the day to watch all the indie movies that Chris most likely watched. <laughs> you know, Scott is absolutely not wrong. Uh, I, I did spend my the majority of my holidays either going to independent cinemas before they got closed here in Ontario uh, or spending basically a King's Ransom or Queen's Ransom uh, renting them on streaming services. So he's 100% not wrong. Uh, you might as well just put that as your soundbite because I very rarely say that. But I will follow that up with, I don't know why he's a podcaster, but I sure as fuck know why he's not a singer. Anyway, Scott, why don't you take us into the best of 2021? Right, yeah, thanks for joining us this episode where we think we know more than the Academy. Um, well, so, I, well, I do. Well, I do, so. <laughs> okay, before we, we start this, go back to the our Academy Awards episode and who got oh, more right. Just because they, the Academy gives out awards, and by the way, this is not our Oscar show. This is just best of 2021. Just because they gave someone a fucking award doesn't mean they should have. Uh, and I'm thinking more about the last round because so many people were like, oh, it's the only fucking international film I watched. Anyway, keep going, Scott. So you're saying because I was right without watching the movie and it was your pick for 2020? <laughs> Anyways, all right. So I am going to start this episode with my best actor of 2021. My nominees are Stephen Yen for Minari, Anthony Ramos for In the Heights, Nick Cage for Pig, Bradley Cooper for Nightmare Alley, and then Benedict Cumberbatch, just pick any fucking movie he did this year, or Andrew Garfield. Pick any fucking movie he did this year. Jesus, man. Like, you didn't get any solid fucking actors on that list as far as quality acting for this year. But go ahead. Go ahead. I want to hear you flush this fucker out. Uh, I, I, I went with, you know, fucking Anthony Garfield or Andrew Garfield for Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm just joking. <laughs> it was for, <laughs> for Tick, Tick, Boom. Okay, okay. Uh, I think he did a really good job on that one in terms of, and especially if you're going to have a biopic, might as well have a biopic of, you know, a starving actor who is trying to, to make it. So what I saw it as the prequel to the Chris Langford story. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought he did a really good job. All he needed was the beard. <laughs> but So, so, no, I so think he, Garfield's going to play me in my biopic? Yeah. <laughs> You know how normally, you know, they, they, you always shoot for somebody younger, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it, it I, was either him or Timothy Shyamalan, but I didn't think he, <laughs> I would have cast Mark Wahlberg. 
He's older than you, is he not? Yeah, but he's, he's still somehow better looking than me and in better shape. So <laughs> true enough. But uh, yeah, go ahead. Like I think he'll get nominated for the Oscar too for Tick Tick Boom. Uh, I do believe that his other movie that I saw, uh, Mainstream, mm-hmm. what, like was fucking amazing too. Like his performance there as somebody who, you know gets on the social media circuit and becomes famous off social media and becomes an influencer and where that like little fucking rabbit hole goes there's a really well but i i did enjoy the every seven to eight minutes musical interlude so you did, so you did so you do recommend just a quick you do recommend tick tick boom i haven't seen it yet it looks good yeah i mean it it's was about really the making good. of rent it was, so it's not but sure oh, it's not oh no it's about his failed musical that he tried he spent seven years writing before rent ah got you okay i just assumed that it ended up in him writing rent and then he was successful no like in terms of the film like it ends with his him his agent um telling him how his um workshop didn't work for his musical that was set like in the year 3000 or something like that in the in the future and that he should write something he knows okay and then that was his motivation for that and then yeah and then kind of you see the genesis of the story of right through that story because it's kind of his life story right so but it, it's a really good movie if you don't if you haven't seen it like i'm, I'm fucking surprised because that's indie all the way yeah 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 well wait till you see the films that i picked and you'll understand why i spent two weeks watching independent cinema you know what i mean so, so it's that's a lot not of indie enough. it's on netflix i was able to just watch it so that was like last on my list so you're like i'm not gonna make fun of names but it's gonna be some asian actor's name and you're gonna be like drive my car <laughs> so okay so first off i actually it's funny that's a good segue actually so i do need to preface all my lists with a couple things i did not get to see belfast I did not get to see the tragedy of Macbeth. Unfortunately, I had the opportunity and then I didn't go. And then here in Ontario, Canada, we have all our theaters closed to COVID. Uh, And I also was not able to watch any of the independent stuff. So I did not see Worst Person in the World. I did not see Drive My Car. Um, The only one that I had the opportunity to uh, watch and I didn't get a chance to do it uh, is Hand of God, uh, the Italian uh, contribution to the Oscar shortlist. So just to preface all that, uh, I'm going <laughs> to go into my my best male actor. So the nominees are Frankie Faison, The Killing of Kenneth Chamberlain, Michael Gray Eyes, Wild Indian, Oscar Isaac, The Card Counter, Bradley Cooper, Nightmare Alley. And I'm giving oh, so we my- got one. Yeah. We got one together. You got one. You got one. You're you're right. You got one. And that was a we'll talk about Nightmare Alley later. Uh but obviously, if you have seen the killing of Kenneth Chamberlain, it's Frankie Faison all the way. Um the basic story is this is a true story. Um Kenneth Chamberlain is uh like a 70-year-old man, his medical bracelet accidentally go, gets set off. Law enforcement is dispatched to make sure he's okay. Uh, and within like a couple hours, he's dead by police violence. So this is obviously white police officers, black individual. The the camera work is amazing and stuff like that. But Frankie Faison, who he was in The Wire, uh, he plays Barney in the Silence of the Lambs trilogy, 
right? So Hannibal Lecter's caretaker, uh, well, he was his you know nurse or whatever when he's in the asylum, and then he he's in the other films. Uh, he was in Mississippi Burning. In Coming to the America, the original, he plays the like landlord or whatever the the of the apartment that they move into. Uh, and he's also mm-hmm. in Do the Right Thing. So he's had a really great career. And I think that I hope he gets um, the uh, credit that he's due for this film because uh, it's just such a transformative role. And it goes between parts of him being like totally lucid and like being telling the police like, hey, like I don't I don't want you coming to my apartment and quoting like the, the Constitution and stuff. And, but he also has some uh, mental health stuff going on, and so he he gets disoriented. It's just, it's sad, it's tragic, but he he basically owns the screen when he's on it. So, yeah, like I was, I would highly recommend watching the killing killing of Kenneth Chamberlain. Like I said, you know, trigger warning warning for like police violence and stuff. It's it's heavy. It's very very heavy. Um, but like I said, Frankie Faison does an amazing job. Um, and I mean, uh, as well, like. Uh, Oscar Isaac was great in the card counter. So was Bradley Cooper, Nightmare Alley, but definitely also check out like wild Indian with Michael gray eyes. Who's, uh, from here. He's from one of the, uh, indigenous nations right near Brantford, Ontario, actually. So actually I think he's a member of six nations. So, um, so in terms of your film, so I'd never even heard of that movie that you talked about mm-hmm. or the wild bill one. It's wild. Indian. Um, well, okay. <laughs> not, Sorry. Not, wild no, Indian. Not, not wild bill at all. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I apologize. Now, um, the way you described this performance, um, and not to sound like a Debbie Downer, I don't think he'll win. Without even watching the performance, it just seems way too much like Anthony Hopkins and The Father, in which they're not going to do the same style. No, no, no. He doesn't have dementia. He, Didn't he you just like, say? No, no. I said mental health, but yes, which that falls into that category. But in this, he's basically like hearing voices and stuff like that. But it's he's in oh, real so like time. schizophrenia. Yeah, like more not quite schizophrenic, but anyway, it's uh, right, well. Pick your next fucking category because I'm right, you're wrong. Go. Okay, so you know what? Let's let's stay on acting and uh, let's go into best female actor. So. My nominees are Isabel Furman, The Novice, Brittany S. Hall, Test Pattern, Patty Harrison, Together Together, Taylor Page, Zola, Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Lady Gaga, The House of Gucci, and Kristen Stewart for Spencer. So this was actually really, 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 really tough. And I'm actually going to kind of like... So first off, Lady Gaga's acting performance in the house of Gucci was great, but it takes her like right out of the list. Technically though, is the fucking accent. You're like acting fine, accent bad, but accents part of acting. So, I mean, that's the director's fault, but that's why she doesn't get it. Um, the eyes of Tammy Faye though, Jessica Chastain, Chastain. How do you say your last name? Is it Chase Chastain? I believe it's Chastain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, she's got two Oscar nods for, and she was in The Help and uh, Zero Dark Thirty, Interstellar, Most Violent Year, Crimson Peak. Like, she's solid. She's a solid actor. She goes from like, so first off, she almost never looks like her normal self. So right from the beginning as Tammy Faye into the like crazy big eye makeup, crazy hair, you know, prosthetics and stuff like that. She's also, Andrew Garfield's in that as well as her husband. He does a fantastic job in that. Um, 
just her ability to just like transition not only into another person, but over a period of time. And that's actually why I gave it to her over Kristen, Kristen Stewart for Spencer, because although she does a pretty good job playing Lady Diana, it's, it's a very, it's a short space of time, right? So you've got her and Jessica Chastain, both doing biopics, both playing other people, obviously it's a biopic, but because Jessica Chastain has to like grow with this character, she ends up like getting over the top. Um, but like I said, uh, Isabel Furman in the novice and especially Brittany S. Hall in the test pattern is they're, they're phenomenal. They just, I mean, you're competing against like Oscar, Oscar nominated actors. So it's, it's a tough sell anyway. Yeah. I, I hear you <laughs> now. Just, just an aside based on your two nominees for actor and actress. Did you ever see that scenes of a marriage from Oscar Isaac. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. That's an acting like, like fucking, what do you say? Like workshop right there. It's a really good show, but I don't recommend watching it if you're married because it just gives you (laughs) ideas. Now, okay. My nominees are, I also have Taylor Page for Zola. Mm -hmm. I have Emma Stone for Cruella. Okay. I have Zendaya. For her transformative performance in her Sam commercial in Dune. Are I'm you just joking. Serious? Oh, okay, I'm okay. joking. It's Malcolm and Marie. <laughs> it's for Malcolm and Marie. Um, and then I have Ruth Nega for passing. Oh, okay. And I'm going with I'm going with Ruth Nega for passing. Okay. So I'm assuming you didn't watch that one either. I did watch Passing, actually, I did. And it didn't make any of my lists. Really? Uh, actually, did I originally, I think I originally had it on a short list for cinematography, but then I ended up cutting it because I had to narrow down my list. Way to give away your wild card. There. I know. I know. But... I, think, I think we all knew it was either going to be editing or cinematography. So, but yeah, I thought her performance was really well done, right? Like having like her portrayal of the two lives that she was trying to uphold and which one's technically making her happy. And then when the secrets come out and shit. And I think she's a really good actress that kind of deserves some more in terms of um, in terms of accolades. Now, I think this, in terms of the Academy, is going to be another Judas and the Black Messiah where it's going to be her and Tessa Thompson. But I think they're going to put them both down for Best Supporting Actress and not a man. Uh, and not, not a man. Yeah. Instead of what they did. Yeah. The same thing, what they did with Judas and Black, uh, Black Messiah, where both male leads were best supporting. Yeah. But if you haven't watched Passing, I definitely recommend it. I definitely uh, don't recommend watching it. I recommend watching like the last fucking 35 minutes of it. The, the movie from a directorial standpoint is fucking all over the place. Sorry, keep going, Scott. Well, we know who's not going to be nominated for Best Director <laughs> on your list. Remember, this one's just specific because it's not director. This is just in terms oh, of the oh, actor's performance. I'm aware, but you then preface that way, or then you follow that up with like, if you haven't watched it, I recommend you watching it. And I was like, you can see all the acting and just watch the last 35 minutes of it. And the ending, you get to see the cool ending, so. I, I fucking hate you. I know. I just fucking hate you <laughs> so much. <laughs> All right. I took this. It's funny. I took this this thing so seriously. I was like watching all these films. I watched some of them like 
more than once, like paying all this attention. And I'm like, nobody's even going to fucking care. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like I, I never got a chance to see Spencer. I, th- I think she'll end up winning it uh, without even watching the movie, just the buzz beforehand. Um, but I, I also thought I'd have fun with it. Like, so I did the exact opposite of you because at no point does do any of these actors or people that made these movies give a shit what I think about who won the, how do you like the hit, hit Except some of the ones I picked are like, holy shit, we got messaged on a fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah. They're like, somebody watched it. He's the one. With a production budget one. of $16,000. <laughs> the minute they got that fucking apple rental and they're like somebody rented your movie <laughs> now they're like we know who it is all right what do you got what's our next category i'm gonna go with my wild card because you already gave away yours so i went totally different so i'm bringing back the old school like blockbuster awards or the mtv it's my popcorn movie oh i thought you were gonna year. say best cinematic kiss or something like that <laughs> no it's, it'll be me like once i have one i'm all over that but yeah i went with my, my favorite popcorn movie of the year oh fuck here we go so this should be interesting let's hear it the nominees are chris hates it red chris hates it. red notice <laughs> fuck you red notice uh ghostbusters afterlife spider-man no way home the suicide squad and um godzilla versus kong wait which suicide squad oh it's the suicide squad instead of just yeah the, su- yeah because why would i pick a movie from four years ago that's what i was thinking this was like, year so can i guess which which two i think it might be yeah go ahead so i think it's either going to be spider-man or ghostbusters you're wrong the both winner accounts? both the winner is godzilla versus kong because really? there's nothing more fucking popcorn than a fucking giant lizard punching a giant fucking ape for 90 fucking minutes straight and then pound for pound this movie goes round and round and then having the cliche fucking comic book like hero team up where they fight at the beginning and then they have to team up to take down the real bad guy i kind of you sold me on that movie i i feel like i i want to like watch this fucking movie now man Get jacked up on a bunch of ephedrine and like fucking Are you fly serious? around you, my you room. You didn't watch fucking Godzilla versus Kong? Uh, I think it was like it had the early release. You could have watched it at home. And I'm like, I'm not paying $30 to watch that fucking movie. And then I forgot about it. Because I find on the streaming services too, like once they're not featured anymore, they just like drop into like oblivion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there are, it is on Crave if you want to watch it. Oh, fuck. How is uh, that, man? But yeah, the, there's literally nothing more fun and popcorn than a fucking giant ape having a magic axe and just like chopping down what? shit oh yeah are you <laughs> fuck okay what are you team godzilla or are you team kong i was team i was team kong nice I was nice, team kong. nice right but uh yeah i definitely i cannot believe you didn't watch it and i, I and you're like i totally believe you did <laughs> oh uh, yeah i have no doubt <laughs> But yeah, go ahead with yours. So, Bore me on cinematography. Uh, a bunch of films that you have not heard of. <clears throat> so my award for cinematography. The nominees are Blue Bayou, The Humans, Nightmare Alley, Passing, 
Zola, and The Novice. <clears throat> this was another really tough one that I'm going to kind of flush out a bit. So Nightmare Alley has beautiful cinematography. Um, and the one that I'm going to make my winner is much more arty cinematography. Um, I mean, Nightmare Alley has a $60 million budget. So there's just some stuff you can get away with. And I'm like, I yeah, can't just... But like- Hold on. 50 million of it is just the actors in that movie. (laughs) I don't know. I almost feel like with Del Toro, like he's the guy that's like, I'm just going to pay you union scale to be in your, my movie. It's sort of like Wes Anderson. There's no way Wes Anderson pays all those fucking guys. their like normal A-list rate. He's like, I'm going to give you like a monkey in a box and a, like a, like a banana or some crazy fucking gift. And they're like, yeah, fuck it, man. Put me in your movie um ensemble cast of 30 people you know what i mean um so did you watch before did you watch the french dispatch not yet it just came so that it's okay, like a so reasonable price like the, the the this thing your list 100 makes sense to me oh because i haven't seen the french dispatch yet yeah wait till you, i tell you actually who won though because i was i was wondering about timothy Shyamalan for actor I'm like him. i was waiting for it i was waiting for it fuck him him <laughs> Him and Jesse Pinkman or whatever, Plowman or whatever the fuck his last name, are two of the most, like, overrated fucking actors in Hollywood right now. Um, so Nightmare Alley, I just was like, ah, no, man, I just want to I wanna do the, go with some more arty cinematography. Zola is so good, and the editing is so good, and I really wanted either it or The Novice. If you have not seen The Novice, it, 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 you have to go watch this. It's nominated for tons of Independent Spirit Awards. It's nominated for Gotham Awards. It's fucking intense. And it just, unfortunately, in a lot of categories, it just happens to be like really close to the top, but not quite the top. Um, Passing the cinematography was good. uh, But my winner, oh, and Blue Bayou is like super, super beautiful as well. Crazy story. Actually, you would really like the movie Blue Bayou because. Did you say super British? Is that what you're going to say? Like super beautiful and pretty. (laughs) Okay, Um, okay. You should definitely go watch Blue Bayou because it's all about like a family and a dude maybe getting deported and he's got like adopted kid and it's all family shit. You'll love it. You'll cry like a baby. It'll be fantastic. It also looks really nice. Okay. But my winner (coughs) is The Humans by director of photography, Lowell Crawley, uh, who has two independent Spirit Award nominations. He did Ballast. He did The Devil All the Time and 45 Years. So this has like... Amy Schumer and a bunch of other people in it. It's not a comedy. It's taken from a stage play, but the cinematography is just, I actually was like talking to my cinematographer that I'm working with on my next film. We're also shooting another film next Friday that Scott, Scott is going to be in. Um, And I just said, Hey, listen, if you want to see a masterclass in cinematography, watch this film. It's got, I thought you were going to say a masterclass of acting. Just watch me. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. There's a reason why I've moved behind the camera. I'm, I'm just better behind there. Um, <laughs> but it does all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, obviously, your standard, like, blocking of a character in different frames. Like, and not, I mean, like, a frame, like a door frame and stuff like that. The use of lighting. Uh, the use of, like, surreal cinematography. Um, it's just such a beautiful film. It's a bit slow as a film. But if you just want something for, like, pure aesthetic, and again, like, if you're wanting to be a cinematographer, watch this film. Like, you will learn so much just about placement and lighting, and even, like, camera movement and the way it moves around a table while you have, like, ensemble dialogue. 
it it was it was it was really and it was a tough go. Like I said, all of these films have great cinematography, and I had to give it to the humans because it was just it was just by far the best. Now, just to confirm, the title is Humans, like H U N A N S. The Humans. Okay. Yeah. Well, I want I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, check it out, man. Like I said, it's a bit slow, uh, but it's it's well done. It's just a very arty kind of off you know offbeat film. But the cinematography is like insanely beautiful. Like the lighting composition and scenes is fuck. Like I said, masterclass level. All right, go. Your okay. next category. So, I guess we're gonna do best director. So Chris Langford. Yes, yes, yes. Heartache. <laughs> hey, I actually won best director for Heartache. What are you talking about? Was it best director? I won best director. I actually won best director. If you go on our IMDb, you can see which film festival I won that for. Um, It was probably like favorite son of the month or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So my nominees for best director are Zanica Bravo for Zola, Maggie Gyllenhaal, The Lost Daughter, Lauren Hathaway, The Novice, Emma Singleman, Shiva, uh, Shiva Baby, uh, Shatantra Michelle Ford for Test Pattern and uh, Gilmero Del Toro for Nightmare Alley. And this is where I had to... Wait, just... wait, wait. Be- before you continue, you put Maggie G- G- Lost Daughter. Yes. Were you not just on our Twitter feed like bashing the yeah. fucking movie? Can I finish? Can I finish? <laughs> it was on my list. It makes the list. Because it, it stayed on... So it got on my list because it had got a bunch of awards. Then I watched it and I didn't take it off the list because I'm going to complain about it right now. Oh, okay. So, go ahead. Okay. So, first off, obviously, Zola's great. Watch that film. Novice, great. Watch that film. If you have Crave, watch Shiva Baby. The film was made for roughly $200,000. Um, it's basically a play on Sugar Baby, and it takes place as like a sugar baby, finishes up with her partner that she's paying her to have sex with goes to a Shiva to sit Shiva as cause she's Jewish. And this fucking dude shows up cause he knows like her dad and shit. So she's like banging this older dude that shows up basically at a Jewish funeral. And then like just that interaction, it's super funny. It's like the best of like low budget indie cinema. I highly recommend it. It's like 80 minutes long or something too. So it's in the sweet spot. Um, I haven't talked much about test pattern, uh, again, it was another one of these films that was like really, really, really close. It's up for a bunch of uh, Indie Spirit Awards. It's an intense film, you know, trigger warnings, sexual violence. But it actually has like one of the like coolest sexy sex scenes that is also not like gratuitous. And it's the story basically of a woman and her partner and things are really great. And then she goes out for like drinks with her girlfriend and gets like fucking date raped and just like the fallout and just like how things start to unwind it's and again the fact that it's uh like a a female director i think that subject matter is is in really really good hands so although it's not winning my best director because again you're up against gilmore del toro and fucking nightmare alley and i definitely want to talk about that in a second uh but definitely watch test pattern definitely watch the novice lauren hathaway this is her directorial debut and she makes this fucking stunning film but 
the caveat there is she's been in the film industry forever. She's like a sound editor. And so she was like the sound editor on Whiplash and a bunch of other like super, super, super cool uh, films that like won Oscars and stuff. So she's been around in the industry a long time, um, but did a great job directing The Novice. Um, and some of it was shot in uh, Northern Ontario at one of the like colleges up there. The Lost Daughter. I'm just going to fucking eviscerate this for a bit. So there are three. <clears throat> there are three. <laughs> Uh, highly overrated fucking films that are coming out that came out in 2021. The Lost Daughter, the um, liquor, sorry, Licorice Pizza, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. All of those are fucking super overrated. They're poorly directed. They're a fucking mess. They have some interesting parts to in some of them, whether it's cinematics or acting, but they're getting way too much praise that they don't fucking deserve. If so Maggie, how does something hold on, that's if poorly Maggie, directed make your list? I told you because it was on my list, and then I watched it, and then I'm like, I don't want to take it off because I want to talk about how fucking bad it is. If this, this film was not, side. if this film didn't have Olivia Coleman in it, but more importantly, wasn't directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal, we wouldn't even be fucking talking about it. It's fucking awful. Um, yeah. So Gilmero del Toro, Nightmare Alley unbelievable fucking noir film i got to see this in the theater before the theaters closed so so happy i mean everybody in it is amazing cape wanchet fucking bradley cooper william defoe it's dark it's fucking super gritty it's crazy violent it's perfectly composed there is absolutely nothing wrong with this fucking film and it is he shows and there's no supernatural shit so he shows that like He's just a really fantastic director. Highly recommend Nightmare Alley. Way to spoil that movie for everybody. <laughs> Since all the trailers show fucking supernatural shit, but sure. Uh, <laughs> all right. So my aside. Go ahead. I, I'm not going to bash. I'm not going to pick a list of movies just to bash them and then be like, obviously, this guy is the best guy. Uh, okay, here's my list. Edgar Wright for Last Night in Soho. Mm -hmm. I don't need to explain it. You can just listen to our Last Night in Soho episode. Uh, uh, Ah, I like, I see what you did there. Uh, Jane Champion for The Power of the Dog. You don't need to, I don't need to explain it because you can just listen to our fucking episode. (laughs) Right? Like I said from the beginning, it, it could be like super dry, super long. But it was well directed. I'm gonna go with Lin Manuel for Tick Tick Boom, for a um, first time director of a of a feature film. He did a good job, but I think his whole background kind of like sets him up for it. And I'm pretty sure we're gonna be hearing a lot more from Lin Manuel. Okay, um, and I I think it's gonna be not in a musical genre. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's gonna start doing like some, a slasher or something. I just have to fucking be a slasher. <laughs> <laughs> a porno slasher. Um, well, in terms of my next candidate is Nia DaCosta for Candyman. Ah, because I think I think that film is not getting like in terms of hype and talking about awards that film is like no one's talking about it and i think they should be it did it definitely had good cinematography 
yeah we discussed it we both enjoyed the shit out of it right so i'm super surprised that that movie was not on your list because then you could have been like the indie between the indie so i just got like even more indie cred than you do you don't get more indie cred by having a fucking like multi-million dollar film is like one of your picks that's it wasn't a, it wasn't a multi-million dollar film just because it was super popular and people like loved yeah, it yeah the fact that you knew about it means it wasn't indie enough <laughs> um next one is gonna be uh gilmore del toro for nightmare alley i'm not gonna say much because you know chris I just saw him unzip his pants a little bit, so we don't need to, to go on there. Uh, and if you don't believe me, check our YouTube video, and you can see his right hand kind of slide down. <laughs> my winner is going to be fucking Nia DaCosta for Candyman. I think she was the best director this year. And go fucking watch Candyman, because that movie was amazing and the shit she did with the mirror stuff like that that's what gets me man the cinematography they did and the edits they did with the mirror um is 100 there's a man oh, in the mirror and he's candy man <laughs> so did you oh, know they... nightmare albany was actually primarily shot in toronto um except for a couple a, a little bit that's shot in buffalo no i didn't yeah. but just because it was fucking filmed in toronto doesn't mean that he gets best fucking director i mean he I'm loves like, canada I, man he actually I'm one like, of his favorite places is hamilton you know, out of that, all places you, no, like i'm gonna say something that's super redundant mm-hmm. um show me one fucking movie and I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure we can go through this whole list of movies that does not have either that ontario credit thing at the end <laughs> of the trailer or the quebec fucking credit because that's all i fucking see and i'm like where the fuck do all these movies film in ontario it's like one scene like can we get a million dollar credit yes, <laughs> so this is it right. i guess we're at the big the big the big money big money the money shot as they call it they don't call it that but we'll call it here let's see your money shot all right so do you want to do for this one do you want to do i'll say my list you say your list and then it's like one two three we'll pick which one's the best one that like you no, say no, yours that that's fucking sounds stupid it sounds like Good. we're just gonna jump on top of each other and i don't want to do that oh just later when we're off the yeah off yeah, the yeah man yo you gotta you gotta pay for our only fans to get the spicy content you know what i mean yeah, that's spicy that's <laughs> how you like that porn <laughs> i liked it very much i made it five minutes <laughs> I win. All right. uh, yeah, man, take it away. <laughs> All right. So for my favorite film of 2021, my nominees were In the Heights, Tick, Tick, Boom. So double Lin-Manuel, Cruella, Candyman, and Nightmare Alley. My winner, it's going to go with the director, is Candyman. And the reason why it's not going to be Nightmare Alley is because... You didn't understand it. No, just because it was that movie. Thirty minutes in, I already knew where the the destination was, so I enjoyed the journey. But what do you thought you knew? That... Oh, I guess because you don't know everything in Candyman right away. Exactly, okay. you don't. All right, fair. You enough. don't know Candyman, and yeah, like everything they did well uh, in terms of Nightmare Alley. Yeah, thirty minutes in, you know where it's going to end. Um, so I already knew where, 
where it's going, but I did enjoy the journey getting there. It, it was fun, so it didn't deter it. So from don't me. stop believing because you enjoyed the journey. Uh, and I do think Kate Kate Blanchett will win for best supporting actress because um, she wasn't the main. It would, yep. it would be Aruna. So I think she's going to get best supporting. Um, and he, I think Gilmore. I, I don't know if he's going to get director. He'll get a nomination. I, he, We're talking Oscars, he, right? Yeah, yeah. He'll get he'll get a nomination, but I don't think he'll get the Oscar because I don't think they're going to go back to back with his the last film he did and then this film going because I think they only leave that for he Spielberg. He didn't, he didn't win the Oscar last year for Best Picture. No, but his last film, which was Shape of Water. Oh, what you mean won. is like you don't get to like just keep making movies and get Oscars. Yeah. They're not going to be like, oh, you just, you know, the last movie you made three years ago won it. Now you made another movie three years later. You're going to get it again. Uh, they only saved that for Spielberg. So I'm calling it now. Spielberg's winning. Best okay. director. What? For uh, fucking West Side Story? For West Side I'm willing, Story. I'm willing to put money on it. Ugh, He's West Side gonna Story win. is fucking awful. It is awful. Anyway. I, I, I didn't watch it. It's so long. It's so, so long. I fell asleep like three times. So maybe I missed the good stuff. <laughs> so wait a minute. So so a musical that literally I, I haven't even watched it, but I'm gonna assume in the three every three minutes you're getting blasted with music and dance. <laughs> you fell asleep in, but a movie that you said is super long and boring, you're like best cinematography. It's <laughs> it's fucking amazing. You gotta watch this. <laughs> it's super long and boring. You gotta watch this. It didn't put me to sleep. Yeah, I mean West Side Story. I guess I just. I thought I liked the music to West Side Story more, and I don't. And it had a very Disney feel to it. But anyway, so yeah, Candyman, yeah, so eh? Candyman. That's your that's your that's your big one. That's yeah. do you do you think Candyman is going to get any love going no. forward? This is it. It's no. only, it's only getting your love. It's only getting my love. So Jordan Peele, Nia Dacosta's, what's up? Get some Scott love. But, but yeah, I I think. And I think it is a travesty because not very many genre films, and especially like horror, get nominated for any of the awards. There, there's only one horror. I don't know, man. Slasher. I think it might get a cinematography nomination. <clears throat> I don't know. It, yeah, it might get like costume design, like production, like that stuff. But I'm talking about like. But like the awards that like, don't matter. The ones that are like down, you got to scroll. Yeah, you got to scroll like, down to the award. The, it doesn't matter. They're going to get. They're going to get the awards that, you know, they showed like the five minute recap, like another day, this random actor hosted this and here's all the people that won. While we were at commercial break, the following awards were handed out and it just goes like, <laughs> they're like, oh, Candyman. <laughs> and the award for best key grip goes to. <laughs> yeah. And, and and that's the thing that I think is kind of sad about it. Like, especially in terms of horror, especially there is a shit ton of good um, horror movies that do get made. Like St. Maud. Like that I'm surprised. Fucked. That... It's so good. Yeah, but it was fucked. But yeah. I'm, I'm like, nobody's talking about that movie. Right? Also beautifully and shot, I... like really great yeah. shot composition. But, and that's the thing. The only slasher movie that I know of that was nominated was silence of the lambs, but they hit it so well that you don't think of it as a slasher. Right. You just think of it as like a suspense thriller. Well, is it a slasher? Like, really? You don't. She's literally. It's literally reversed. Your your 
you're instead of following the killer you just see the after effects of the killer yeah fair enough but it's literally him just going after chicks and killing them and then he has the final girl so um, on this topic before we i do mine i so do you like body horror i did not watch that one about the chick that fuck yeah the it's chick so crazy the and i forgot it was body horror and then i started watching it and i'm like fuck this is body horror this is super weird i mean again yeah, it's yeah. got some she does a great job acting and there's some really cool interesting shots but it's fucked it i think i described it as cronenberg meets lynch but not in a good way <laughs> all right let me hear yours okay <clears throat> so the nominees for best film of 2021 are coda licorice pizza test pattern the novice zola and nightmare alley what are you laughing about you literally said there's three fucking overhyped movies and licorice pizza was one of them and it's on your list yes like <laughs> how does it make your fucking list if you literally just bashed it 10 minutes ago so again like the lost daughter it went on my list before i got the chance to see it and then I kept it on there to make sure I'm fucking well, complaining it about it. your list if you didn't watch it? There's a reason why fucking Cruella is on my list. Because I fucking watched it. Because I knew I was going to watch it. I even went... I So I went to the theater to watch Paul Thomas Anderson's latest fucking masterpiece. This is like Boogie Nights. This is There Will Be Blood. This is like fucking The Phantom Thread. This is the guy. This is the master. Literally, he did the master. <clears throat> I fucking watch this film and I go, did I just watch Paul Thomas Anderson do a early Wes Anderson film? Like it was like a cross between like Rushmore and Bottle Rockets and the Royal Tannenbaums, but not really executed very well. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like if you watch Licorice Pizza, you would think this is some director's like first or second feature film. And you're like, okay, I I get it, man. It, it, It needs to be like edited a bit. It's I get it. Not a guy that's got, like, multiple fucking accolades for probably some of the best cinematic pictures and going, really? This this is the film you're doing now? And again, that's cool. Take some risks. Do your thing. But people need no. to be able to look at this fucking thing with a critical eye and go, yeah, you didn't do good. I mean, people were had no problem bashing fucking Wrigley Scott for fucking House of Gucci, as they should. And then he fucking brought it back I'm with surprised. The Last Duel. Last Duel. Last Duel was any of your list. Yeah, but you didn't. How the fuck is it go? And it didn't make any one of your lists. It's good, but it's not. It's not the best. It's but the good. movie you didn't see, but went with the hype and then hated, made your list. Yeah, man, because I wanted to make sure I talked about it. <laughs> can, I, can I ask you a quick question? Because I don't know before you answer. Are are the two Andersons like brothers? I don't know. Like, that's, are they I was wondering. Like, it's weird. Like, I was like, because maybe that's why he did it. Like, it's an homage maybe... to his brother. Or it's his. Yeah, maybe, it's an homage to his brother from another mother. Or, or maybe they are brothers, and then like one family outing during COVID, the mom's like, you know, I really like all your movies, but fucking Bottle Rocket and Rushmore are my favorites. <laughs> and then this guy's like, motherfucker, I will outdo that mother. I will out. I will out Anderson, Wes Anderson, by being Paul Thomas Anderson, Anderson, Mister Anderson. You're, you're like on your fucking grave, mom. You're gonna be like my favorite fucking movies, <laughs> Licorice Peach. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Um, another film that you should watch if you haven't seen it, everybody should watch it, but definitely Scott, because it goes into his whole family values bullshit. Um, because that's a fuck who wants family values is Coda. 
which stands for a child of a deaf adult. And it's amazing. Oh, I did. That's the Apple TV yeah, one, right? It's good, right? Yeah, she yeah, she's oh. a singer. Yeah, I did watch it. It's so good. I mean, the only problem I had with it, and that this is why it didn't score higher on my list, is the like the the like love interaction between her and the boyfriend or whatever felt a bit hallmark moment for me. And I'm like, eh, everything else was great. But obviously, <clears throat> or not obviously, I'm going with Nightmare Alley, man. Del Toro, fucking killing it. It's the best film of the year. Again, I haven't seen Belfast, and I haven't seen The Tragedy of Macbeth, which looks fucking phenomenal, like German Impressionism. What about King Richard? No, not best at all. And Will Smith can go cry that he doesn't get a fucking nomination. He does not deserve a nomination. He fucking overacted it. He was the least capable actor in that fucking movie. <laughs> all right. Yeah. What about Come On, Come On? Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I'm so, just going with all the other movies that are people are hyping. I figured that they'd be on your list I, too. I, like I you was know gonna, what? I was gonna watch. Come on, come on! I just didn't get to it, and I was like, I had seen a bunch of really great films already, so I was like, until, the, until you watch the French Dispatch, and you're like, oh, that one's the best. That one, everybody's on that guy. Did you watch Together Together? No, it's on Crave. It's funny. I mean, the main character is a bit problematic, and I'm sure anybody who's seen it will know what I'm talking about, but. Yeah, man, that's it for me. Uh, another 2021 in the bag. Uh, two another like another 20, yes. 20. I mean, <laughs> with COVID, it feels like it's all 2020 all over again, right? So it never went away. We're literally, <laughs> the years are now three years long, right? So I know it's been like two years since we've been in the same room together. And that's why we're managing to still be friends because yeah. we had to, we always had to have like time apart because it was too, too <laughs> crazy. So anyway, that's all for me. Unless you got anything else, Scott, we'll take us out. Um, no, no. Uh, again, sorry for the delay and skipping the episode, but shit happened. And I'm super happy with this one because everybody on the Twitter feed is going to agree that I have better taste than you. <laughs> And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. So Chris is basically the Twitter of how'd you like that movie? Yeah, because you're like fucking bashing everybody, and I'm like, holy, like, I'm like, I, like in my head when I see this shit, I'm like, does he not realize that technically I am attached to everything he's saying <laughs> out of that Twitter? When he's like, you fucking, like, what are you talking about? Like, do you even know? Do you even watch a fucking movie? And I'm like, I'm like, my name's attached to this. I'm like, I haven't watched this fucking movie. Well, how am I going to respond to it? <laughs> hey, man, but our Twitter's doing, like, way better than it used to now because I finally have been using it, so. Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.